1: As part of our visit to Santa Fe, New Mexico, this past June 2019, the Big Blend Love Your Parks Tour spent some time exploring the 13-acre Rail Yard Park with Christy Lee Downs, Shannon Palermo, and Rebecca De Augustine, and they, the three ladies run what's known as the Rail Yard Park Conservancy. They do such awesome work. Uh, they, have, they maintain all these different gardens. Uh, there's an outdoor performance space, public art. There's picnic spots, children's play areas, youth programs, I mean, you name it, it's all there. It's very popular as a community destination as well as for travelers and visitors like Nancy and I here. Uh, I encourage you to go to their website. It's railyardpark.org, and we're super happy to have Christy and Rebecca on today's Big Glen Radio's Parks and Travel Show to give us an overview of the park and also explain how it aligns with our Love Your Parks Tour Mission Possible story series of Change, which was assigned by our friend Ralph Massengill, the author of Conquer, Change, and Win. Uh, so welcome to the show, Christy. How are you?
2: I'm good. Yes, we are in our summer months here and our, our our busy season now and they're running around the park doing a lot of um, um, a lot more than normal gardening work right now. So, so it's an like cool. exciting time of year for us. We get a lot done.
1: Well, I awesome. know, Nancy, we, we enjoyed it because it was so beautiful. We had flowers and butterflies and shady trees and water running through. So it was like this magical <laughs> <Beautiful>. oasis. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, awesome. Awesome. And Rebecca, you're also here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, doing good. So uh, uh, good. Shannon, is she out playing with her, her bees? She's got her <laughs> bee habitat or is she leading another tour today? <laughs> Um, Shannon, Shannon is actually
2: is, with a group of um, YCC, which is Youth Conservation Corps. Oh, um, they're from they're wow. an ASL group. They're from the New Mexico School for the Deaf, and today's their first day in the park. Um, they're going to be with us the rest of the summer doing work in the oh, park. Oh,
1: nice. Oh, I That's love that. Cool. I love that. Yeah, you know, Christy, yeah. I, I wanted to touch on this because when I say this is for a community, it's like it's community, it's business, so people are actually – living on the outskirts of this park, right? It's a green space that was formerly a brown space and also has history um, in regards to being a rail yard, of course, which we can touch on later here in the story. Um, But this is, you know, where people live, they play. Uh, You wanna give everybody just a brief overview of what this space encompasses. Yeah, so the space itself, and you mentioned earlier, it's 13 acres of just the um,
2: green space, the park itself. And it encompasses um, two of the main, actually, it's along two of the busiest intersections in Santa Fe. So we have a lot of people uh, driving by, observing it from a car. We also have one of the main bicycle routes going along the west border of it, um, which is mm-hmm. between the rail runner, which is on the old historic railroad route right next to the rail trail, which borders our park. So there's a lot of – it's kind of the meeting space and hub of transportation. A lot of people ride their bikes to work and come to the park. A lot of folks um, bounce back and forth between where they work, heading home. Um, it's just a very kind of – it's an intersection of a lot of people crossing paths. But the whole area around it, especially on the west side – and northwest side is actually the Guadalupe Historic District. So there are old historic homes, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump away from the park. And then the hmm. buildings, the businesses, mostly along the north side and the east side, a lot of those are in historic structures from the railroad era of the 1880s. And they're now um, cafes and movie theaters and um, other businesses inside um, Uh, The movie theater is not in a historic building. It's a newer building. But some of the other buildings are very historic. There's uh, some local gems. Some of the restaurants in town that have been around for a really long time that are incredibly popular have their tie to the rail yard as well. So the the park is called the Rail Yard Park because four different rail lines converged. Um, Most of them ended right in the rail yard. Uh, One, the narrow gauge track, continued up into Colorado. But it was kind of uh, wanting to be protected to preserve both the historical elements, but also that it was a convergence of the neighborhoods going into the uh, Hmm. downtown, a lot of tourist attractions and very, very well-known historical buildings that um, draw a lot of traffic in. That's why the convergence of those two things happening um, and we have a lot of residents that are involved in terms of what they would like to have happen in their community space, how, Hmm. how we represent them in our community space, as well as you mentioned the visitors and tourists that come into town and what they're looking to do with their free time. And we also, in terms of the programming that we create and, 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 enact in the park, trying to, um, satisfy the needs and desires of families that live here and have settled here. Um, it is a small community It's not a very large city, but for those uh, families that may be here, we try to bring programming that they would enjoy that's outside, that's free, that's based on um, science and, and nature play and provide that for them as well. So trying to meet everybody's needs in a way that's very simple, but that's free and come and go as you please no registration, mm. you know. We we represent everybody, so that's kind of the purpose of the park in the context of the immediate neighborhoods wow. around it. Yeah, it's because
3: it's Santa Fe, because everybody mm-hmm. seems so relaxed. Like there's right. not that big hurry, hurry. You're driving yourself crazy. Mm-hmm. Feel like other cities have. Yeah. I can't feel. Becca, you correct,
2: very, correct me if I'm wrong. I know we're we're fairly new to this area too, in terms of you know residency here in New Mexico. But I think there's something called Santa Fe time, <laughs> which means yeah. kind of oh it'll it'll happen when it happens. And I think that's kind of a, a small town thing. Although it's the capital and it's you know one of the oldest cities in the nation. But but yeah, it is pretty slow in
1: that
2: way and,
1: and cool. relaxed and yeah um yeah well, i yeah, think so that's laid back. <laughs> it is laid back and when you took us on a walk you have these beautiful shade trees and um and i think what was really neat is you have all these different gardens that also they represent the native plants of santa fe and new mexico but you also had what's called a waffle garden. I want to talk about. But one of the gardens too, Yum. because you have um, community. I know uh, these. You know community like the apartments and everything right there mm-hmm. um, in those in those buildings. You've also got this community garden where people can come and do vegetable gardening, and and even the waffle garden. If you said that, if you know people want to come and you know eat something, they can. Yes. Um, Beck, I don't
2: know if you want to go on uh, to talk about the, the context of the waffle garden and the orchard. Sure, ordinary... yeah. Yeah, the waffle garden is a, um, ancient Zuni gardening technique, uh, meant for, like, arid climates. So, um, there are different cells in the waffle garden, a circular garden, and through it runs a channel, um, which fills with water from the acequia madre, which is, um, the oldest ditch in New Mexico, I think it's like over 400 years old, um, wow. dug up huh? by the Spanish. Um, huh. And yeah, so that, that, we have water rights on Mondays and that um, waters our waffle garden. And um, throughout the spring, uh, student groups come and plant uh, tomatoes, they plant spinach, uh, corn, beans, um, squash. And uh, over the summer, we kind of water it, maintain it. Um, and then once all that Uh, those vegetables grow, um, the community is welcome to come just pick whatever they want and eat it. Um, And similarly, the uh, orchard, we have an orchard along Surios Road, which is the busiest road in Santa Fe. um, And there's over, I want to say like 30 apple and apricot trees. Wow. Um, And those are starting to fruit right now. And same thing, those are, you know, people can walk through the orchard, pick apples, pick apricots. Um, Yeah, so it's really nice community space. Um, um community garden. Yeah, it's great.
1: It's really neat and then the um what was really fascinating also is the native plant species that you had, yeah, you know, there's butterflies and squirrels and birds hanging out everywhere. And of course, people hanging out under the shade trees. It is just this really peaceful way of just chilling mm-hmm. out and you know, no matter where you're coming from, you're just going to chill out there. Um but also <laughs> the one part that I thought was really fascinating was there was like it's a native garden you had also like those aloe flowers aloe plants and um, they were all kind of intertwined within the actual rail line itself the railroad tracks itself so that was kind of like here's your new garden merging in with rail history which you wouldn't expect to see like that Uh, christy you want to tell us about a bit about that because that's really unique i don't think you'll see that very many places in this country yeah you know Um,
2: Me in particular I I love history I love local history I love railroad history So my favorite part of the whole park Is actually that rail garden In the north end of the park Which there are uh, I mentioned the four rail lines That came in through Santa Fe Actually technically there there are five now With the rail runner The the current commuter train But the four historic lines That all met in Santa Fe And there are um, original rail lines. I don't know which one went with which track, but those are all placed in the rail gardens um, as landscape architectural elements. They create these nice mm-hmm. linear uh, lines that go that actually trace the path of the original rail lines. And those four lines um, all end with a box boxcar axle that's been welded to the rail lines. So in case I think some people walking through the park, they may see a rail line and and without the context of a boxcar axle, I think those elements would get missed. So I, I really mm-hmm. like that there's um, the boxcar element there that fits perfectly and people go oh okay this is a rail line oh I get it mm-hmm. and those <laughs> rail lines form the basis of the actual containers for the gardens and that that. Uh, rail garden area as opposed to the other places in the park which are more they, there's more curvature and topography it's more organic uh, we're letting more uh, wild flowers and native grasses move and and it's just a little more organic but the rail gardens are very geometrical and the gardens that we were walking through of of the native plantings are planted in straight lines and either in pairs or triplets and it's very geometrical I like that if you like order Mm. you'll probably love the rail gardens and each of those plantings are grouped together to represent cargo that would have come off of the boxcars loading things like coal or wood flour or even livestock so those those are represented there though there's not signage you can kind of be creative as to what was coming off but the idea Mm. was that garden was noticeably different with a different style and purpose Mm. than the rest of the park
1: that's interesting because you know we're talking about a story of change that it's like here this Uh is Where this was moving at this time, you know, yeah, cargo was coming in, and you even have um, a a 50-year-old caboose there too on the property. Um, But so here it is, and now it's this beautiful garden. But you're having what I've, what Nancy, wouldn't you say that you feel like a sense of balance where when we were walking around, it was like a nod to the past. A nod to um, actual New Mexico plants and uh, natural history of then and now, but also people in, in transport history. There was that balance of then and now. Didn't you feel that, Nancy? Yeah, and I think it sparks interest. You know, when you're wandering
3: around, you start to wonder, well, I wonder what this was for, and I wonder how mm-hmm. it worked over here. And I think it's really good for both adults and kids.
2: hmm Great. Right. And one thing I will add, too, is um, the park acts as a botanical garden. There is a botanical Mm -hmm. garden here in Santa Fe where all the plants are labeled and marked. And if you're really interested in studying individual species, it's great for that. The park is very similar in some ways in that the diversity is there. The native plantings are there. There's ornamental and native plants, but there's not a lot of signage. And Mm -hmm. what kind of what you were saying was that was intentional. It was like get Mm -hmm. people into the park and let them discover it on their own. And mm-hmm. we are, you know, hoping to share some of this with people so that they know that the rail lines are the four, you know, there's not this a sign that, that really states all that information. But for those that are really curious, it can be fun to discover that kind of thing. And mm. when we're able to do tours and share that, people are like, oh, oh, that's why yeah. the Rose Ramada is a circle. Oh, that's why there's a platform that goes across it. Um, it's like the turnstile of you know what what every rail line ended with was these yeah. turnstiles to turn the train caboose around and those I think it makes it a little fun to discover it instead of being told what to think or feel and um, mm-hmm. so that is interesting we do try to share that anyway with people because there's always new people coming into town and actually. Um, Rebecca's working on a self-guided tour that we'll have ready soon so that those that are really they do want to know what it is they can mm-hmm. pull up our website or pick up a brochure from one of the local restaurants mm. and walk through the park and and find where the um, time capsule is because you have to discover mm-hmm. it and if you don't have much time you know you yeah. can actually take this, this tour and, and read more about the native bee house or read more about the 400-year-old Aseki and Madre and kind of discover it a little more. And that mm-hmm. was designed that way on purpose. And so oh. and just jumping off of that, too, it's um, – that walking tour also talks a little bit about the history of how and why the railroad was so important for Santa Fe, not just the rail yard, but the entire city of Santa Fe. Because before mm-hmm. that, it was just, a, you know, oxen wagon, old-school style on those – on the old Santa Fe Trail um, – The railroad really modernized the city, and I think a Mm -hmm. lot of tourists maybe don't know the history of why that's so important.
1: Um, Mm.
2: So I don't know, it's just something interesting that I think the walking tour will help people to kind of uh, understand that a little bit more and understand the context Mm -hmm.
1: of the park. Yeah, and I think the rail rail history, I mean, it helped shape the Southwest and the West. I mean, the the, Mm -hmm. railroad history is massive, you know, it really... Uh, plays a huge mm. role in developing our country, so it's really cool to, to get that that know-how. And I love that walking tour because is that kind of, Rebecca? Is that part of what you know? Um, the flyer that we have in front of us is that what you were working on for that? Um,
2: yeah, that that's sort of the preliminary uh, pre-draft of it. Yeah, mm. you guys are lucky to get a sneak peek.
3: <laughs>
1: We like sneak peeks. Hey, listen, and we Priscilla, do. our little sock monkey, had a good time out there too. I just want to bring that up. Uh, but you know what? She she told me our little sock monkey travel mascot. Everyone, she she's a little feisty one. She told me that um, I need a big, uh, you know, a, a roundhouse uh, that the train the trains did to move their cabooses around because apparently she says I need a big place to move my caboose. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know Uh-oh. how she is. You know, you know how she is. She's but, sassy, uh, sassy little yeah, she sassy. is Sassy, yes yeah, she is. Yes yeah, she is. And she loves all the uh, bike racks you guys have too. Um, the other part, you know, when when you're uh, talking about, you've got the rail history, but also uh, these self guided tours. I think these are great. You know, people, especially now with people going on Instagram, you start learning of okay, mm-hmm. what is that plant I just photographed? Because now I need to have a hashtag. You know, so the hashtag mm-hmm. education world. But um, when when we were there, you were talking about uh, groups, school groups. You talked about that at the beginning of our conversation today. Uh, Rebecca, you want to give us some overviews of uh, for families living there and even, you know, people coming into town, uh, what what kind of uh, programs are available for the community?
2: Yeah, well, we've got something for everyone. I mean, we do field trips. Um, if a teacher wants to get out of the classroom for the day and take their kids to um, an outdoor space, um, we can give them a tour of the park. We uh, can do an activity with them, something educational, um, having to do with science or biology. Um, we also do in-service programs with school groups. Um, most of these groups come for, you know, maybe one day uh, a week for the year, and um, they tackle projects in the park and learn a little bit. Um, we do mm-hmm. nature play. This is free um, for families, mostly in the summertime and fall. Um, we do Sam Play Saturday, which is probably our most popular program. Um, it's aimed at toddlers and their families um and every Mm. saturday in the summer for two hours um our sand area is this really big beautiful uh sandbox it's super fun uh we have all of these kitchen utensils funnels um toys we've got tonka trucks this year
0: Uh membership fees apply after free trial cancel anytime can i be real for a second that goal you have to exercise and eat better This is Shaquille O'Neal. Do you ever scream at your printer, call it naughty names, or hurl empty ink cartridges across the room? You likely suffer from cartridge conniptions caused by ink cartridges constantly running out of ink. Thankfully, the Epson EcoTank printer is the perfect cure. It's cartridge-free, conniption-free, prescription-free, with big ink tanks and a ridiculous amount of ink. So you can finally kiss expensive cartridges goodbye. The Epson EcoTank. Just fill and chill. Available at Office Depot and Staples. Um,
2: we fill up big buckets of water and sometimes we'll have a sprinkler going. And if it's a really hot day, it's nice to just be able to cool off. Kids love playing with sand and exploring <laughs> the properties of water and sand. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. I was there on Saturday and it was super cute. Cool. <laughs> Did yeah. you get out
3: there and play in the sand? Yeah, yeah I
2: sometimes do. I like to leave the kids to kind of explore and do their thing and not really interfere too much, but occasionally I make a sandcastle. It's
4: like being but at that's the beach.
1: Also, <laughs> it also goes with how your playground is too. Christy, you were telling us, um, and this kind of really gets into that story of change part of how the, you know, the community came together, the city. And you know, I know businesses are involved, you know, individuals of uh, taking what was a Brown space. And of course, you know, when it's a rail yard, you know there's, like, chemicals and things like that that get into the ground. Um, but this is, like, mm-hmm. totally revitalized and this big plan came together. But uh, before we get 100% into that, the children's area is – I, I think the whole thing sparks imagination with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it seems that the kids' area, the children's playground, is, is also like that.
2: Right. The children's play area is almost a full circular-shaped space in the center of the park, and it was placed in the center so that it would be kind of insulated from the outskirts of the park and the busy roads, but um, one section of the outside circle is a pollinator garden, so a scent garden, and it is right on the backside of the two-tiered sand pits that Becca was talking about. And those plants all have a scent, and there's a variety of different shaped flowers, and we'll take people through there when we're talking about pollinators. But on the other side of the circle is called the Very Large Array of Slides. (laughs) So if you're familiar with the Very Large Array of Satellites, it's kind of like um, harking to these elements that are very new mexican but it's this half circle of an embankment the back side of the embankment is probably about 20 to 25 feet tall but it's actually a bouldering wall and a lot of the um, older kids have discovered that on their own that this is a great wall to climb up and there's some hangs and things like that and um, the kids really enjoy just climbing on the wall. There's no signs that tell you this is a climbing wall, but it was designed to be discovered in that way. And kids get to feel like there's a sense of risk when they're climbing a wall. And, and the elements in the children's play area, besides the three little spinning gyroscopes, with, which kids love those, um, which is kind of more like a typical playground equipment, everything else is natural, it's basically mm. putting together natural elements in such a way uh, designed by early childhood education specialists and landscape architects together to see how do we create a play area that doesn't rely on play equipment, which I'm going to say, it's, I'm not going to say it's boring play equipment, but when you just plop mm. down a slide and you plop down a swing and you plop down yeah. a basketball court, um, those it's hard to be creative with those spaces but the rail yard park, um, you know, will things are placed in such a way that kids feel like they're discovering how to play with something. It was designed that way on purpose, but so there's some slides of different height. There's the bouldering wall. There's a tunnel, there's the spinning gyroscopes, there's an amphitheater and a labyrinth, the sand pits and all in that area. There's also a ropes course and kids just, discover it you don't have to tell them what to do they think for themselves as to how to make this space creative mm-hmm. and it's fun watching that happen mm-hmm. in a very natural, natural way um, and every, every kid will interact with it in a different way and, um, and that That's also cool. is just very intentional
3: it's, it's like the outdoors the, the equipment you have is outdoors it's not like it's like an indoor equipment kind of right. feel like a gymnasium or, or something. It's, it's right. like I'm going to go climb a tree.
2: Yes, <laughs> so, yes. And um, part of the, the planning of it, like, yes, there's a 25-foot bouldering wall. It's not as dangerous as that sounds. But the idea was um, over the last generation or two, we've removed risk from children as they're developing. And we kind of want to encourage kids to take a little bit of risk when they're playing or mm-hmm. to develop your cognitive skills as well as your um, mus- muscular skills, large mm-hmm. and small, skills when you're climbing something or you're interacting with something. So it introduces risk on a very small level and that's really healthy for kids, especially in this newer generation That's that actually is new to them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was intentional as well, that it is not... Um, <laughs> sterile, and, mm. and very indoor feeling, but it is very outdoor feeling, and there's dirt and mud and sand, and you do with it what you want. So and instead of how you build bunk, confidence. You know? Yeah.
3: You build confidence when you take a little risk.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's, that's exactly Definitely. what it is, is. Yeah, you can mm. learn um, how to go outside on a hike is not so foreign for you if you've kind of had small doses of the same thing in an urban setting.
3: Right. So,
1: Cool. That's really yeah, it's cool. I love that you're doing that for kids, and it really goes into like when this story is a story of conquering change right and so christy when you when when you look at uh what has happened with this space going from brown to green and the community coming together, I know that you know when when that happens everyone's got their opinions and it has to everyone has to come <laughs> together on it to make it happen um you know, and, and something like this playground is one of those examples of, hey, let's not do the typical playground. Let's do something that's going to make kids think, take risks. Um, that's that conversation, like, let's do something different. Um, I want to step back, Christy, with this brown space, what would, what would the park look like today if there wasn't any change to it?
2: Um, you mean if the brown space had been allowed to just sit get there? Get developed... With the, oh, oh if it was just the... sat there, well, I would imagine oh, it would, it would have be been... kind of, <laughs> it would have been a derelict space um, the way it was before, and I would say the brown space itself I don't think was a total blight, because some people hmm. really enjoyed that it was kind of a lost piece of land so close to downtown, however, there was a lot of, you know, <laughs> I don't want to call backwoods, but there was a lot of kind of just activity there that is not what a, a public positive. space was designed for so yeah or just kind of you know you people would go off-roading in there and just do whatever and so it was not necessarily a place people felt comfortable walking through so when it was mm-hmm. a Brownfield the community knew that the space could be really critical it was an open spot of in the midst of, of development in terms of retail and hotel and downtown and initially it was slated to be its own development with condos and things like that. And the community got word of that and decided, well, we don't want it to become that. We do think there needs to be um, some retail and, and some re-envisioning of something new for Santa Fe, which is where the rail yard district comes into play. So we're, the park is the 13 acres on the South end, but there was this whole section of open land and the, um, took about 15 years for the community to meet regularly and, and take stakeholders' feedback,
4: mm.
2: decipher that into the core elements of what they wanted, which was they wanted a park, they wanted local business, they wanted um, they wanted the rail yard to not look like to not look or feel like downtown. So the rail mm. yard was going to be a place to be industrial. So a lot of the buildings are more industrial looking, um, and that they bring in some railroad historical elements, but also uh, some contemporary elements. So it's different than the downtown plaza. And that mm. was intentional as well. The community, that was their feedback, but the emphasis mm. was on local business. So mm. over time, over the last 11 years, since that district was built and designed and kind of underway, we've got like one of the best local movie theaters ever. The Violet Crown Cinema is like an anchor Uh, business in the rail yard and we have second street brewery and rei and um a a clay uh let's see a clay studio where you can come and take classes yeah and then we've got the farmer's market pavilion is probably i think it's been voted the best farmer's market in the southwest if not the state but it's yeah it's an incredibly popular well done and, yeah, it's just really kind of amazing. Santa Fe is pretty small, but their farmer's market is really popular. And in the summer, it's Tuesday and Saturday. And I think they have a Wednesday evening, and that's right across the street from the park. And that brings a lot of people, tourists and locals who are shopping, but they get to meet and talk with their farmers. We actually do uh, a program with local students where we pick up the vegetable scraps from the farmers before they, the old bruised stuff, and we take it. And we compost it in the park. So Excellent. our role is that we have a little connection to each of the businesses in the rail yard, and they feel connected to the park. So we really appreciated all the partnerships from all the businesses surrounding us, too. And um, they'll, they even, um, a lot of them have become members, so they've donated some money to support our work. Or they come and do community service days, like Becca was talking about, where staff can do, like, a few hours of gardening and learn how to garden and feel like they've given back to their community. So it's been a good space to to do that, where everyone can interact mm-hmm. together outside of their mm-hmm. business setting.
1: That is is awesome. Um, so, the, again, like, here's a positive story of change going from brown to green. Um, but also when you think about how railroads – Uh, really helped influence the West, the Southwest, and and the world, you know, um, in regards Mm -hmm. to commerce. Now your commerce has changed to where it's actually, instead of it being delivered, people are coming there and actually enjoying the space and going and getting their fresh fruits and vegetables um, versus ones that have been, you know, mass produced. Anyway, just saying, (laughs) Uh you know,
2: that's really people, people hear there's very, core elements to what the people here value, which is um, organic produce, local produce, local history, and keeping the local culture intact. Mm-hmm. And actually National Geographic, I think last year, voted Santa Fe uh, the city with the best sense of place because it was so, uh, it's been so important to the people that live here to keep the culture intact because we have this interesting overlay in terms of geography, we have an incredible number of Native American tribes and Pueblos that are all surrounding Santa Fe. We also have Spanish settlers, multi, multi-generations of very uh, key family generational lines that are, that are here in Santa Fe, as well as people that have moved in and come from other places. And the intersection of all those over Santa Fe is really interesting too, but it, it, they the, the city planners and the residents here have tried to make sure those elements stay intact. And, and those are actually within the rail yard as well. There's a museum called El Museo, which does a lot of local regional um, art and uh, art, gosh, festivals that are so interesting. We just had Current's New Media Festival, which is um, this very uh, edgy kind of foresightful art that takes place in a rail yard and so it's just kind of a, a smattering of all these different interests that
1: are all just in the rail yard impressive and here we are everybody another story of change for ralph massengill author of conquer change and win check out his site conquerchangeandwin.com. awesome story and also a destination uh, for all all of you going to santa fe Uh, check out railyardpark.org and when you're there be sure to go to the rose garden too that's especially a beautiful spot in the garden and in the park and we want to thank christy rebecca and also shannon for taking us around and thank you girls for joining us on the show we have a special song to play. This is Catch That Train from David T. Dunn, and you can keep up with him at davidtdunnmusic.com. Here it is, Catch That Train.
4: Precious Priscilla, this is Ralph Massingill, author of Conquer, Change, and Win. Well done on completing another installment of your Stories of Change series on your Love Your Parks tour.